Welcome to RevAmp, the revenue amplification podcast powered by DealHub.io. I'm your host, Gideon Thomas, and we will be speaking to some of the most exciting revenue leaders within the community. Aaron, welcome to the RevAmp podcast. It's my pleasure to have you aboard on today's uh, interview. Um, for those people who don't know you at home, perhaps you could just start by introducing yourself, your role, and a little bit about Monday.com. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Aaron Fausche. Uh, my last name is Horrible. That's because I'm originally from the Netherlands. Uh, so that's a little bit of a weird sound. Um, I'm working in Monday.com. I've been there for a bit over five and a half years now. Uh, I'm the director of sales, managing five of our sales team here in Israel. Uh, I also was the first salesperson in the organization and built our team both in Tel Aviv and in New York, the first two sales teams that we had. Um, uh, like I said, I'm originally from Holland, from Amsterdam. Uh, I have a beautiful wife and a, just a newborn uh, daughter. Uh, so that's super exciting on the personal side. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, excited for the for the podcast today. Congratulations! And when we were talking uh, prior to this, I found out not only are you super passionate about sales and, and the the whole enablement process there, but you also um, before all of this high tech uh, career had a background in people in so many different ways, everything from martial arts to kind of fitness and, and well being. Um, nice to see that you have passions that can kind of survive a fast paced career. But more than that, I think the thread that tied it all together was your just uh, your investment in people, their success, and the harmonization and bringing together. And ironically, you ended up at Monday.com, which really claims to do that on the side of the uh, on the side of the kin, uh, the tin, the tin. You know, to bring people together to collaborate around a, a common workspace. So that's I don't know if that's ironic or if it's a self fulfilling prophecy, but but well done nonetheless. And today's subject that we're going to dig into together is really about the readiness for the IPO project, uh, process. It's something that you have lived out firsthand here at, at monday.com. Um, and if you kind of retrace it back to to the beginning, at what point did you become conscious, you know, how many years back before the IPO of needing to change, adjust, and build a process that was fit for a purpose? Like, we're not talking weeks, of course. How far did, you know, when was the, uh, when was the awakening moment? I think the awakening moment started pretty early, but it wasn't connected to the IPO. Um, it was never really the goal to IPO. It was just a mean to become a great company, but it was never from, oh, like this is our goal to IPO at a specific moment. Um, so when I actually started in the organization, I started in a customer success role before there was even a sales team uh, in, in the early days. And uh, from there on, I, I spoke with the CEO and the CTO and I got the ability to um, to start becoming the first salesperson 50% of my time uh, and see if it, it made sense. And the reason for that was we are very much product-led organization. We got to 10,000 teams without having a sales team, really with our, our product, the marketing team, and of course, the, the customer success team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think really what, what we saw that changed the moment that I started focusing on really helping organizations instead of teams to collaborate uh, across the, the bigger picture uh, that both gave us amazing results and also allowed us to get full companies on board. And that's really where that ball started rolling uh, and where I got the ability to start hiring a team first in Israel. And then after that team was uh, set up, go to New York and set up the team there uh, and really start running with it. Now, throughout that period, if there's one thing that I learned is 
you need to consistently change and you need to build an environment where people are comfortable with change. Because every time that the organization grows, it means that there are tons of changes that need to take place, um, especially if you have those aggressive goals that we consistently put for ourselves. We can continue doing the same thing and we probably get similar results, but we're not going to double up. We're not going to be able to grow as quick as we are doing today and as we have been doing for a long time. Um, and that's really by taking risks. And I think that's something that the, the organization does really well. We take risks. We learn from mistakes. We're not afraid to take mistakes. Like that's the best way to learn and to run quick. Um, there's always a saying in our organization, like it's better to do something quick and learn from your mistakes than, you know, work on something for ages, then present it to a customer and realize that you did it absolutely wrong, mm -hmm. uh, which also goes back to that product orientation, right? You're doing your A-B test, you're getting feedback along the way, you're making sure that you're on the right direction. Um, so that that's really something that uh, that we're focusing on a lot. Also take a quick step back maybe uh, on for the people out there that aren't familiar with Monday.com. Um, so what Monday.com is, it's, it's a work operating system that really allows organizations to build, uh, manage and run all of their work processes on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, the power of it is that it allows everybody to customize the work processes that work best for them. Uh, and what that creates is one source of truth, a place where everybody is able to work with each other in a very transparent and collaborative manner. Uh, one of the things that you see uh, when all of these new softwares came to existence is that one team worked with 16 different platforms. And obviously that creates silos. It makes it very hard to collaborate and it makes it even harder to be able to see the bigger picture. And that's really where we come in place. Uh, we allow people to either integrate with platforms that uh, are really crucial to the organization or to replace platforms by managing those processes in Monday. And we do that by offering them many different building blocks. So the columns allow us to build any type of workflow. You can think about developers running their iteration planning on a very agile manner, uh, sales using it as a CRM, marketing using it to manage their marketing campaigns, security yeah. team to you know, manage the GDPR process, and I can keep on going. So it really allows everybody to build that workflow that fits their needs, while at the same time visualize it in any way that they want. We have different views that allows you to visualize it in many different ways. And then we have our integrations and our automations to optimize the process and even apps that allows you to build on top of the platform so that you can really make it that dream platform that you always wanted. Um, and one big goal there is to democratize the power of software. And that sounds a little bit weird, but what it really means is in many cases, you're completely dependent on your development team. Right? So you need to wait for them to, to build out the platform that you need. And it also creates a bottleneck because in many cases, the real workflow experts are people doing the work, not necessarily the people building the work. Uh, and by creating a low-code to no-code platform, we give that power in the hands of any employee and allow them to be able to build the workflows that fits their team best. Uh, and that goes from the workflow, obviously, also all the way to the ability to report and seeing real-time dashboards. So that's just a quick uh, introduction of, of what uh, the Monday.com platform is. No, I, I understand it, and it is a, a really exciting moment. And I believe you guys even took the, uh, the opportunity to even now release a CRM component to your Correct. platform uh, not too long ago, which is also pretty, pretty exciting as a next step. But how I'm going to tie that to the, to the, uh, the theme of today is I'm going to ask you, of course, you used your, you know, after that description, of course, you used your own product in your own processes because, uh, you know, you're eating your own dog food or, or benefiting from that competitive advantage, whichever metaphor you want to go with. But what were the additional 
steps or moves or even technologies that you needed to, uh, to add in to be kind of fit for purpose to create a robust sales process that was fit for scale? What, what were those steps and, and what practical decisions did you need to make? Yeah, so I think that there were so many learning lessons and, and one of the big things really just comes back to collaboration. Mm -hmm. So in the early days when we just started the team, I was reviewing security with the, with the CTO. Um, you know, you're going over legal with the head of operations. Um, and of course, today uh, we are in a much more uh, luxury position that we have teams for all of these different roles. Yeah. Um, so it really went through being able to have significant control over anything that you do. And you can think about, you know, not just only using Gmail, but for example, having the ability to use Salesforce, having the ability to use Salesloft, um, having the ability to use enrichment tools such as uh, Full Contact, Clearbit, Zoom Info, mm -hmm. um, using Gong uh, on a day-to-day -day basis to, to be able to listen to the calls and analyze information. Uh, and of course, also using DealHub to create a very smooth process uh, for us to both create the sales orders, but also to be able to, and that goes kind of back again to you know becoming uh, a public company, there are some additional regulations that you need to adhere to. As an organization, we really focus on still keeping everything as transparent and flexible as possible. But at the same time, obviously, you also need to make sure that uh, things go through the right approval processes. Mm -hmm. and, and that's something that DealHub helps a lot with. Uh, if it is a certain deal size, or if they ask for a specific exception, or really like any of those type of criteria that allows us to immediately route to the right person to go to the right approval process quickly and smoothly. Yeah. Uh, instead of similar to monday.com, one of the big things is having conversations in context, right? So like if I ask something through Slack and then through email and later on you need to go back and actually look at what happens, it's really difficult to see the full on process. And that's how, how DeoOp is really helping us. It, it puts on a really smooth process through uh, really the, the procurement process and the creation of the sales orders and the approval processes. Um, so that's something that we're using. And I could keep on going. There are so many different platforms and tools that we use. Uh -huh. uh, we're also, it's important to say, uh, one of the big goals of uh, a platform, a work operating system like Monday.com is not necessarily replace every single tool. It is to connect and integrate every tool so that you do have that one source of truth. Mm -hmm. uh, so we make sure that everything that we use integrates with the platform and just enhances the performance and, and the capability of everything that we do today. And that's what truly makes it a work operating system. So what's interesting there is that we've touched on kind of... Uh, where you were, so the context, we've touched on kind of some of the tools and the scaling up of processes and the control and the streamline and probably the efficiency. But what's unique and what some people might not realize at home, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna share it, is that Monday doesn't necessarily reward their salespeople on a bonus uh, incentive type of, of system. So you as a sales leader uh, leading that organization are probably seeing the old familiar picture through new eyes. How is it possible? I'm going to ask it as a question now. How is it possible to build such a wildly successful company uh, who's relative, re uh, revenue positive and has gone to IPO without incentivizing your sales leaders to be, uh, you know, whatever the, you know, to be lone wolves or, or whatever you want to call, uh, you know, hunter killers. I don't like using that, that phrase, but um, something to that effect. Like, first of all, what is the culture? What is the mindset? How did you get buy-in? Like just, just kick us off on that line of thinking. Yeah, no, it's a great question. And, and I do think, um, f first of all, we definitely incentivize, of course, and we also reward. One of the things that we do stay away from is the individual commission models. 
Um, I think culture is crucial there. Uh, in the end, you need to have an organization that people almost feel like it's their family. Uh, and I can say from personal experience, I, I've been here for five and a half years, like my colleagues and my managers, they, they really became my family. Uh, obviously also I have my own family that I love dearly, uh, but you're at work a lot of the time of your day, probably even more than at home. Uh, so it's so important to have an environment that you feel comfortable, where you work together, where you collaborate. And that's really one of the things that we promote as a platform and also what we promote internally. So once we started with the sales team, this was something that was really important throughout the organization. How can we build a sales team that really collaborates, that works together, that takes the best care of our customers uh, and really make sure that we maintain that really strong service that we already did from the customer success side, but just build on top of it by helping organizations to grow, by helping them to really optimize uh, their processes with the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that, that allows us to attract talent is that we have a great platform, we have a great company, um, and we also really focus on the uh, professional development of our employees, which obviously is extremely important. Um, we see a very low turnover. There's very few of the employees that leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're rewarding them in many different ways. It could be, you know, we have a gong. If somebody closes a big deal that you can hit the gong, we have a Slack channel for like all of the deals that come through that everybody in the organization can see it. Um, obviously, you have the manager to, to, to wrap uh, collaboration in the one-on-ones where you're showing them that they're doing that great work. And it doesn't always necessarily mean closing a deal. There are so many other aspects that allow to build a great organization and a great culture. Um, for example, you know, it's not always the, the highest performing reps that are also the best managers or that are the first people that go to promotion. Often it's actually the people that, of course, they do need to hit their numbers. In the end, you expect somebody to excel in their role to be able to move to the next role. But if I see a rep that really only focuses on himself and it allows him to you know, get to 200% of his targets, and I see another rep that gets to 150% of his targets, but he pulls three other of his colleagues with him, allowing them to get from 70% of target to 100% of target, both financially it is better for the organization because in the end that 30% from all three reps is, is more significant, but also it allows us to consistently maintain strong reps, really create a culture where people want to help each other. Um, if somebody has a good email template, they'll be happy to share it with the rest of the organization. If somebody needs help on a call, like the colleagues are happy to hop on that call. If somebody closes a deal, people are genuinely happy for each other. And it just creates such a different environment. Now, of course, on top, it, it, we also do share options with all of the employees in the organization. I have a question for you before you, before you continue on that. It's, it's fascinating. So some of that seems like an intangible. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm the sales rep and I'm hitting 99% of my target and I'm helping out three colleagues. But maybe I do that when you're not in the office or you're in the bathroom or you're on your lunch break. Are you tracking that like uh, from a data point of view in terms of internal communications or is it with your eyes and your, and your uh, intuition with your, your stomach of, I believe this is the impact that that person has had? Because you're not going to be in every room at every moment. That's, that's not possible, even though you are talented. Oh. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And that's a really good question. And it's actually funny that you bring it up because like one of the things that I'm working on now is uh, to, to create a video of how we manage our one-on-one processes, how we manage our team meetings and, and how that actually connects back to this topic is you need to create an environment where the rep knows that he can really come to you and, and speak about, you know, what is working, what is not working, but also what is he doing on a day to day. So 
then I, I have a board for it, a Monday board, of course, uh, that, that I manage all of my one-on-ones with. Now, part of that is more focused on the numbers, right? Where are we standing with our targets? Did we hit our quarter? Pipeline reviews. Uh, but one of the things that I do is I separate my one-on-ones into 30 minutes every week. The first 30 minutes is focused around pipeline review, the numbers, uh, all of those parts. So that is both for me and the rep, but really allow me to understand, okay, where are we on that aspect? The second part is on professional development. Uh, in general, just you know, building that relationship with your reps, which is also really important. And one of the topics that we have there is, what are you doing beyond just hitting the targets? So what are other responsibilities that you take in the organization? And that can be extremely wide. It can be you're helping with the interviewing process. Uh, we have a process that's called, um, uh, wow, how did this uh, slip my mind right now? Uh, the body process. So that is where somebody in the team is supporting another new member to you know, get up and running throughout that ramp period. Uh, it can mean taking control over one of the training sessions that we're doing in our team meetings. And this way, we are having many of these different uh, responsibilities to empower the team members to, to show like what they can do beyond uh, the individual contributor role, which also helps us to get a good understanding who is ready to go to a different position, whether that is a managerial position or you know doing sales enablement, or uh, I had people that ended up from sales and marketing because they really loved product. And, and one of them started actually uh, building our competitive battle cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that brought them into a like, role into enablement, which is also very much connecting to design. Um, so, yeah, that, that really allows us to understand. But you're right. You will never be able to see everything. Uh, we are very much data-oriented company. I think that is also very important as a manager. Um, if I would just do it on my feeling, you know, you're going to create kind of that prejudice from, oh, I, I like somebody and that's what it's based on. So you really need to create that conversation with every of your reps and make it clear to them from like, I don't be afraid that you're bragging. Like it becomes really clear if somebody is just bragging about all that they do or somebody that's actually sharing, what do I do? Why am I doing it? Like, why is this important to me to get to that next level in my professional career? Um, and I think those things are, are so much more important. Like people usually leave organizations either because like you can't live off the salary and then obviously it's a problem but most of the cases because the culture didn't work well, uh, because they didn't feel appreciated, because they didn't feel that there's growth. Does that mean, you're, does that mean your, uh, your hiring process means you're looking for a different type of persona for your sales role? Like if I think about maybe a corporate salesperson 10, 15 years ago, I, I have a picture in my mind that, that person might be a bit cutthroat, that might, the person might be able to defend their pipeline, define, defend their deals. I have a picture in my mind of, of who that guy is and, and why he's bringing seven to eight figures in at the end of the year. As you're describing this situation, I'm getting, you know, the word that I'm using in my head is harmonizer, like bridge builder, harmonizer, collaborator, somebody who's not on the far left of the spectrum or the far right, but is close to the center. Um, you might be looking for different types of people in the hiring process than a conventional salesperson in kind of Silicon Valley 10 years ago. I think you're spot on there. Like uh, I would even take that to a further extreme. We we can find that person that's uh, you know the Wolf of Wall Street example of the strongest salesperson that would bring in a million dollars by himself, and we will not hire him. Um, and that really goes back to to the culture. Like great, I'm sure that there's organizations that that really want that sure. or that can benefit from it. But in our case, 
we know that we have a great platform. We know that we have a platform that really helps people. Like we don't need to shove it to your throat. Mm -hmm. All that we need to do is to be able to show the value that the platform can actually give to those organizations. Right. Um, and it's funny because before we started the talk, also you, you told me from, hey, I would love also to kind of hear something about you as a person outside of what you're doing inside of the organization. Right. And, and it's one of the questions I also ask in interviews, like what do you outside of work? Because really... In my experience, the most um, successful people in the organization are not the people where 120% of your time you only do work. Mm -hmm. It's people that have passion. It's people that did side projects. It's people that you know learned another language or became extremely good in cooking or whatever it is that their passion is around. Um, so we also ask that, like in in our interview process, to to get to know who who is the actual person. And a lot of those questions are also not just around the deal sizes. Of course, we ask that. And of course, we ask, you know, how do you manage throughout uh, the sales cycle and all of that? But we also ask, you know, give me an example of how you collaborated with other departments, how you collaborated with, you know, other colleagues. Um, I love it when I, you know, have an interview with somebody that really gives credit to, to his colleagues on how it allowed him to grow further and how he's really collaborating with other departments in the organization to get him to where he is today. And we see that also in Monday, like we, without the help of the marketing team, you know, the leads wouldn't be good enough for us to, to really be able to be successful there. Without our R&D team, we wouldn't have a product that we have today that allows us to sell something that we truly believe in and that we see that creative value. Without the customer success team, we wouldn't have these really happy customers that are consistently seeing more value out of the platform. So, and this obviously connects to every single department in the organization. So that's, that's really a big focus of us. Like we're not looking for sharks. We're looking for smart people that can be very creative, that know how to control a sales cycle uh, and that know how to consult uh, organizations to help them to really create that value, improve their processes. And, uh, and that's, that really is what you see also in the reps. If somebody gets excited from that, it's not only I'm trying to you know, chase my paycheck, but I actually enjoy learning from our customers day to day and teaching our customers day to day, you'll become a better rep every day because you're not going for the shortcuts. You're actually looking to do something that creates a sustainable long-term relationship. And that's what makes an organization great. You can you know, be very aggressive and screw somebody over and make a great sale, but you'll lose that customer after and it's not something that is actually sustainable. We're looking for partnerships, long-term relationships, happy clients. You know, um, that's, that's a huge focus uh, from the organization as a whole. So now as we kind of move towards, you guys have, you have gone through that journey, you have built processes, you have uh, invested in technologies, you have a ton of learning, you've learned from data, some of the data is your own, it's proprietary. What was the name of your, uh, your data? Big Brain is our intelligence uh, tool. There's a great video on, on YouTube also uh, around it. Uh, the name is, is a brilliant name because it's really the, the big brain of the organization. Uh, and like we said, like we're very much data oriented. Um, so we always, everything is A-B tested, everything is checked from uh, not just new features that we release, but also what is the impact from the sales team? How do we perform, uh, we call touch and non-touch funnel towards mm -hmm. each other. Um, and that's what allows us to get better. I think, you know, if you're getting to like an arrogance that you say, oh, we're doing everything great, like we, we know we're doing well, you, you will never get better. And if you're consistently challenging yourself, if you're consistently testing, if you're putting yourself a little bit in that, you know, uh, sensitive and sometimes even scary position of, 
what if the result actually means that, you know, we are not doing that well, mm -hmm. but if you don't do that, you'll never get better. So um, yeah, that's, that's definitely a big part of our DNA is, is always making sure that we focus on the data, always testing, always getting feedback, both internally and externally to make sure that we continuously get better as an organization and maintain the great trajectory that we're on today. So my question is, um, now that you guys are recently post-IPO, and obviously the congratulations is right there with that, and you're able to look back with some retrospect, I know you said that it wasn't the end goal, it was more like the benefit or the reward, or a benefit or reward along, along the journey. But are you able to look back and, uh, and take away some learnings from that journey now? Anything that you maybe haven't shared already today? Um, I think, especially if I'm looking at like building teams, um, one of the big things that I learned is I was one of those people that was, and I'm still am to a good extent, but I, I learned to uh, work around it, uh, be very perfectionistic. So in the beginning, you know, I was the first salesperson, then I hired five people, then I said, okay, if they don't hit their target, I just, you know, double my target or triple my target and I'll be involved in absolutely everything because I want to make sure that it goes perfect. And really quickly, you understand that that's absolutely not sustainable. You're holding uh, the people back and you won't be able to grow. And I think one of the, the big learning lessons that I had, um, it started, I would say, in Tel Aviv, but really the second time that I did it when we built up the team from, from the beginning up in the U.S., um, I really immediately knew how important it is to take those first uh, hires, those first reps, and empower them uh, to help you with the building, making them a really big part of the process, um, utilizing them to help other people on the team. And I think that's, that's really one of the biggest things that allowed me to, to grow quickly to the organization and also do it successfully is knowing that I cannot do it by myself, knowing that I need those people uh, to help me and also give them the respect, give them the appreciation. Like, don't be that person that like acts like you did it if somebody else in your team did it. For me, that is my reward. Like seeing uh, one of my reps becoming the head of sales enablement. Uh, Dave, shout out to you. Um, the, the, that is really something that makes me happy. Seeing reps that become managers, you know, seeing uh, people moving from an SDR position to an AE position or the sales enablement position or it doesn't really matter what the position is. What's most important is seeing them growing throughout their career path to the end destination that they want. And I think that that is my reward. Like I, I don't need, to, uh, if somebody closed the big deal, they closed the big deal. The credit should go to them. Right. If a manager manages his team really well and they hit like great numbers, that credit should go to them. And in the end, where I do feel my own credit is I got them there. Right. I was able to create somebody that's so strong that now builds out that whole team that closes those big deals, that is continuing that that great pass with everybody else in the organization. And I would say that's the biggest lesson. Like, don't think that you can do everything by yourself. Be okay with if things are not perfect, because it never is. If you're trying to do everything yourself, it's much, much worse than perfect. Um, and in the end, things will run much better if you if you delegate and empower the people in your team to take responsibility, to take risks, to be creative. Mm -hmm. And if something goes wrong, that's okay. Like we'll learn from it and we'll improve later on. Um, and that's really what we saw here. Like we're just consistently learning. Everybody is putting an, a, a really heavy part of the weight. Everybody's coming with extremely creative and great ideas of how we can improve the process. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's part of what makes us a great organization. We, we had many times that we said, yeah, this is not something that we're going to do. And what happened a year later, we did it. Did really the, the thought process change? 
No, but we saw how important it was for the organization. We got really great arguments from people within the teams and we understood the importance of it. And that's what allowed us to change it. So also, for example, I will never say we will never go to a commission model. Maybe at some point we see that that's the right direction to go to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's another lesson that I would say is really important. Like, don't get stuck in processes. Don't get like, oh, this is the way that it is. And that's how it should be forever. Things change all the time. Create an environment that is open to listen and learn from everybody in the organization. Mm-hmm. And if you see that something makes sense, do it. Like, put your pride away and, and go for it. Aaron, I just want to thank you on behalf of myself and the whole of the RevAmp uh, team here for coming on board with the podcast, sharing your experience, your learning, and most of all, your passion. We're wishing you tons of present and future success for both you professionally and in your personal life as a young father. So let's stay in touch. And uh, and thank you from all of us. It's been a pleasure.